Hey, guess what? Looking up is about to start. Stay tuned. Well, we all remember Moses on the banks of the river. He said, Pharaoh, you've got to let my people go. You don't want me to have to tell you this ten times over Then I ain't just a river, you know And we all remember Pharaoh, he just wouldn't do it So the plagues came upon Egypt one by his heart was hard and the other nine just couldn't move it. So the last was the worst, the death of the firstborn son.
Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Looking Up Show for another Wednesday afternoon. Today is Wednesday, April five, and、uh, we are in、uh, in the throes of the very first Wednesday of April. So I hope you all were blessed、um, as we move from April Fool's Day. To today, and、um, and I hope and pray that you're all doing super duper well. It's wonderful here on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon. It's a bit warmish out there, but cloudy here where we are here in Newcastle. But、um, I hope and pray you're doing well wherever you are. My name is Danny, and I'm joined with the wonderful Shell, who's our producer, our wonderful producer, and the wonderful Sharissa. Woohoo! Welcome aboard. <laughs> We're all here. We're all here. The whole team is here. And how have you been, my friend Sharissa? How are you finding juggling motherhood and? Wifehood and, and radio career and radiohood <laughs> and every other hood. <laughs>、oh, it's it's busy. I tell you, the babies are unpredictable. Unpredictable. Like you, a bit like a bit like one thing and then another thing happens. Sounds like what's happening in the United States on a day by day basis. <laughs> unpredictable, is. isn't it? Looking forward to talking about that a little bit later. So, little Judah, right? So he's a、yeah. bit unpredictable. So tell us. Um, briefly, what has been his unpredictability? Maybe in the last twenty-four hours. Well, when he goes down, when he sleeps at the right times, it enables me to do things, to get ready, to you know, do what I need to do. But when he doesn't sleep, and then he wants to talk, tell me that he's tired, but he can't sleep, then it just goes on and on and on. So, anyway, that's what happened. Well, 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 <laughs> far out, unbelievable, unbelievable. Well, folk. Um, we are here for、uh, another incredible looking up show, and seriously. The news headlines are、oh, just—I mean, it's impossible to keep up. I was telling my sister,、um, who tunes in, she's a regular listener.、Uh, my sister Lydia from from Brisbane, and I told her literally, if we had this program on every single day, like Monday to Friday, we'd, we'd spare the folk on the weekends、um, to get our <laughs> breath back. But if we would have this program Monday to Friday, there is tons and tons and tons of stuff to talk about from a prophetic point of view. It's just ridiculous, isn't it ever? Well, looking forward to today's program. What are we talking about today? We're going to be continuing where we have been,、um, and we're going to all signs of the times. And I want to take a look at this pendulum swing that we talk about.、Oh. So we're going to start on that. That's a big subject, but we're going to open up that can and try and give people a bit of perspective. So sounds great. Yeah, but if they want to contact us, who, how do they get in touch with us? Well, our dedicated program number is zero four triple eight one seven six two four. We'd love to hear from you. It's always encouraging when we hear from our listeners. So、we know that people are actually listening. Okay, well, Sarah Holt—I can't even say her last name. Sarah is going to bring to us a song called "A Song About the Story of Hosea." So enjoy this song, and then we're coming back with all those exciting things that we've been seeing in this world. Come back to me with all your heart. Don't let fear. Support. Trees do bend, though straight and tall. So must we. 
And that was Sarah Holtherson. I think I got it right. Oh, you did. <laughs> practice, practice, practice. So that was Sarah Holtherson bringing us the song Hosea. You are listening to the Looking Up program, and we have so much in store today. I should make mention that, as always, there's a prize that we love to give away to our listeners. Uh, how many do we have for today's program, Shell? Wild Stocks Last. Wow. Well, this is a very special day then. The Wild Stocks Last Prize giveaway today is a book by Doug Batchelor. It's called Caveman Theology, Salvation Made Simple. That sounds like a book I would like. Yeah. I like anything simple. from Anything from Doug Batchelor is super duper top shelf stuff. Okay. And I mean, at that price, you cannot say no. Absolutely. Free. Absolutely. Free. Zero cents. I love it. This is a book you really want to get your hands on. And let me just share the reason why. He's going to share from the life of Isaiah in the Bible, seven essential steps to salvation. So if you aren't sure of your salvation, you need this book. We'll be giving you the code word so that you can be claiming today's prize in a segment future in this program. But until then, keep this number handy, 048-17624. Well, Pastor Danny, I know you're dying to talk about oh, what's happening in the news man today. So alive. Let's get right man into alive. It. Where do we begin, sister? Where do we begin? Let's start at the beginning. Let's <laughs> start at the beginning. That's maybe <laughs> That's a, a very one. good place to start. Well let's start with what is making news headlines around the world mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. Today. You said the very American world. World. Well, <laughs> world. well I'm trying that's to a clue. That's I'm, a clue. That's a big clue. I'm trying to set our listeners up for 
where we're going to go right now, folk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, seriously. Oh, no, boy. No, no, no. No, no, just, just bad news. Let's just, let's just quit the, the dodgy. We don't even call that an American accent. That's not even an American accent. We don't know what that is. I mean, if, yeah, maybe I can tap into AI and use AI to give me a good accent. There you go. That'd be cool, eh? That's That'd scary, be cool. isn't it? That's that, that is scary. We're going to talk briefly about that. Okay. Now, now here's, here's, here's what's been happening today, and I think those that have turned on their news today, mm-hmm. um, they will be well familiar with um, this unprecedented show. Um, some call it a circus um, that is happening in the United States of America. Just when you think, Sharissa, mm-hmm. that our friends in the U.S., cannot um, come up with something um, new mm-hmm. and something, you know, off the charts, they do. And so the former president of the United States of America in the early hours of, of, of the morning here in Australia faced a judge in his indictment appearing. Uh, this is unheard of, never happened before in the United States of America and he's got 34 charges uh, that they have put up against him. And wow. so he pleaded not guilty to all 34. And December 4 is the next time he needs to appear there in New York. And so this is just like, you know, this is incredible. This mm. is incredible. So obviously nobody is above the law. Um, we understand that. But just the, the polarization that is taking place in the United as if the country was not polarized enough. Um, one one um, commentator that I was um, tuning into just this morning, I think it was on Channel Nine. I was as I was eating breakfast, I was watching the news on my on my app, my Channel Nine app, and um, and this news commentator from from the United States of America, he referred to tribalism in the United States of America. He says we have descended into tribalism. What does he mean by that? What he means by that is that you have a significant number, you know, in their millions who are, who are you know, diehard, say, Trump supporters mm-hmm. um, and believe in his, in, you know, in his mantra and so forth. And then on the other side, you have millions of those who are diehard, you know, woke supporters, um, you know. And so these, these are at each other's throats, literally, and... Um, and in the middle, you have the general populace. He pointed out that in the United States of America, the last time round, 144 million people chose not to vote. Wow. 144 million. That sounds almost biblical, 144, <laughs> yes, 144 million. And so what he was saying is that the country is at a place where, I mean, that you're able to vote if you want to. You know, they, they have... They they give people the choice, unlike Australia, where you've got to give a reason and you've got to write in and whatever. But you you know you have to give a reason, otherwise you've got to turn up and vote, or at least put your bit of paper in there. You've got to get marked off on the roll, but mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. not in the US. So we were saying that you know these people, these 144 million, a lot of them don't care, couldn't be bothered because it happens on a Tuesday there during the week, and they couldn't be bothered, um, you know, waiting in line and everything that's involved in voting, but. The majority of them don't support either party, um, and uh, th- they don't see any hope, any future for for whoever's going to be running the country. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like they're going for anyone. So, so it's yeah, the United States is really not in a good place, and um, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know where this country is going to go. Uh, we know biblically, the reason why we mention the United States of America, because we know that the U.S. is at the very center of end-time Bible prophecy. That's right. And the things that we see taking place in the United States now is, is, is really fleshing out the biblical script that we have of what will be imposed in the United States of America when the pendulum swings, because people are going to get to the point where they're going to say, we cannot keep going like this. Um, and Donald Trump, you know, after he was indicted, you know, he flew back to, you know, Mar-a-Lago. 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 Have you been there, have you? No. <laughs> you said it so well. I watched the news. <laughs> oh, yeah. he, he went back and um, and there he gave, you know, a 30-minute speech um, in response and um, won't go into what he said, a lot of the things, but some of the things that he pointed out were the statistics of crime. Um, that is skyrocketing, especially in the big cities, some of the Democrat-run cities like New York, L.A., you know, like skyrocketing. And so sooner or later, people are going to say enough is enough. Um, Shell was sharing with us, um, I don't know where this happened, but this was just phenomenal. Shell, do you want to share what happened with that, with that teacher suing, suing, what, a six-year-old or, or the family? Yeah, no, they're suing the school. Yeah. The $40 million lawsuit. $40 million. A, yeah, a teacher who was, oh, I th- would be about six to six months to a year ago that she was shot by a six-year-old in her class. Wow. And the school had been given warnings that the child was behaving incredibly violent. A year before, he had tried to strangle someone mm. to death. And, yeah, when he was only five years old, that was. And... This particular day, he was being very violent. A couple of teachers had already complained and reported him to the principal that they suspected he had a weapon on him, a gun on him, and nothing was done about it. We're just at that stage in history where you're just not allowed to do anything to children, so there's there's just so much like fear around even scolding in any way, shape, or form, and so... This child was able to then, wow, yeah, shoot his teacher. Thankfully, not not um, fatally, but yeah, she is still suffering from. You know, she's not going to teach again, and of yeah, so she is suing the school. Wow. So you know that reminds me, Sharissa, of what Jesus said in Matthew twenty four twelve. He says. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Mm. And that is what we are literally seeing. I mean, when a five, six-year-old comes in and takes a gun and points it at his or her teacher, I mean, we've got to the end of the road. I mean, what else is there? Every week we hear crazy things like this, don't we? Yeah, just last week or a couple weeks ago, there was a teacher locally in our area that the whole classroom, they were videoing so it. So this is and they were our trying, area as yeah, in the United States of America? No, no, our yeah, here area in, Australia. in Newcastle. In Newcastle. Oh. Um, they, yeah, the whole classroom was just jeering him and bullying their teacher while filming it, trying to get a reaction. They pushed him so hard. They were like, in, had him in a corner. They were spitting on him. And wow. he finally snapped and he punched one of the kids who was right in his face. And And he's lost his job, and none of them are in any sort of trouble. What? Yes. So wrong. Oh, the world's gone mad. Our society is mad. Yeah, it makes me really happy that we've got that new van. I don't know if you guys noticed that it will fourth term this quarter, 
No, no phones in high schools oh, in New oh, South yeah. Wales. Oh, yeah, I did read something I briefly. I, I saw a headline about that, yes. That'll be interesting to watch. Yeah. <laughs> watch them sneak it in. <laughs> that's going to be interesting. Yeah, because that, that's the thing. They're going to be like, how can we sneak it in? What, oh. What's a teacher going to do? The teacher can't exactly confiscate the phone, you know, permanently. They might confiscate They can lock it, it up for a day. Yeah, yeah. They, they can lock it up till the end of the period, but then, you know, there'll be dramas mm. if you don't give the phone back at the end of school. Can you imagine, mm. you know, well, a, a teenager... Living without their phone or, you <laughs> know. Like living and, without their brain. Exactly. <laughs> um, wow. So, okay, the world's gone mad. You know, thinking too about the natural world and mm. uh, still that I was reading an article about the earthquake in Turkey and Syria and, you know, we don't hear about it as much because it's come and gone. It was in February. But the aftermath of that is still huge. Oh. Like they need billions of dollars to oh, rebuild yeah. their country. And at the time of the quake, this was what? This hit home to me. There were 365,000 women in Turkey who were pregnant. That's what they said. So they're all having to give birth in wow. very primitive uh, medical conditions. In, in that affected area. In that affected area. Wow. That's what 365,000. Mm -hmm. That's phenomenal. And really, Sharissa, this tells us that this is not our final home. And it's yeah. interesting that Matthew 24, we mentioned verse 12, you know, lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. It says in verse 13, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached. So lawlessness abounding, love of many grown cold, is in the context of we're right at the end. That's right. He who endures to the end. It's like we're right <gasps> at the end. Right there now. We're right there. And the only hope is the gospel. Mm -hmm. And that's why the good news about Jesus is, and his coming, the looking up show, that's what we're all about. Mm -hmm. And the three angels' messages in Revelation 14, which we're going to continue to you know, unpack week in, week out, because mm -hmm. that all pertains to what's going on, how we can prepare. And so, you know, on another thing, there was, there was um, on, on, the, on the internet, there was uh, circulating, it was just yesterday, I think, or the day before, I can't remember anyway, um, it caught my attention, Donald Trump arrested and in jail, fake photos created with AI make the rounds on the web. I don't know if you saw any of that. No. But, um, yeah, AI, you know, they, these fake photos of, you know, Donald Trump in a, in a orange jumpsuit um, pushing weights in, in prison was one. Another one was him being chased by the New York City police. Um, another one was him, you know, being sort of manhandled by a number of police and in his suit and all, you know, at, all a bit of fun, you know what I mean? Just yeah. sort of, I guess, you know, individuals who just want to have a bit of fun with the situation, make, make the most of it and, you know, mock and scoff and so on and so forth. And we kind of laugh and smirk about that. But you know what's not funny is what Elon Musk had to say about AI. Have you caught up with what uh, our friend Elon Justin Musk was, had to say Justin and other experts regarding AI, which is artificial us. intelligence? You tell well, us. this was fascinating, and I can't remember who sent this to me. Actually, I do know who sent it to me. It's uh, Bevan, my friend Bevan, who is um, the one coordinating my website for all my seminars this year uh, that <laughs> I'll be running, my Discover Hope seminars. Anyway, he sent me this, um, and the headline was, and this is from BBC, Elon Musk among ex experts urging a halt to AI training. And it, go, and it says here, key figures in artificial intelligence want training of powerful AI systems to be suspended amid fears of a threat to humanity. They have signed an open letter warning of potential risks and say the race to develop AI systems is out of control. This is what the article says. Twitter chief Elon Musk is among those who want training of AIs above a certain capacity to be halted for at least six months. 
Um, you know, the Apple co-founder, Steve Wozniak, he also weighed in and so on and so forth. And they're basically saying that if we allow AI to continue the trajectory that it's going, we may get to the point where AI will literally take over humanity. And AI could do so much damage. This reminded me, Sharissa, of what the Bible says, you know, before the flood. Mm-hmm. You know, men's hearts were just evil, evil continually. continually. And God had to intervene with the Tower of Babel because God says, what are they going to do next? And so God had to intervene. So this is another sign that God is about to intervene into human society because we are out of control and we will destroy ourselves if God does not intervene. Absolutely. If we ever needed the Lord before, we oh, sure have need mercy. Him now. We certainly need the Lord now. So, um, yeah, and there's a number of other things that we'll we'll tap into as well um, as we go along. But, yeah, Sharissa, these things are telling us that Jesus is on his way. And I pray that he won't have to pull up the handbrake this time. No, I don't think he wants to. I no, he doesn't he want wants to. to. He doesn't want to. He wants to come and save us from our... From this mess. <laughs> yes. No other way of putting it. Yeah. Well, One Glory is going to bring to us a song now, The Love of God. We need to hear this song, I think. And then there'll be the news, and we continue with all these discussions after the news. The love of God is greater far than tongue open. Yeah. 
Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. that sound that was a sound that you have <laughs> grown a up with sound. <laughs> that you are listening to the looking up program and that was Sharice's wonderful sister that was she was looking up right there and uh, we're excited because we have a giveaway today mm-hmm. amongst all the other things that we're doing on this program mm-hmm. so many exciting things on the looking up show today but the uh, exciting prize is a book by Doug Batchelor Caveman Theology, Salvation Made Simple. I love it. In nine short verses that begin the sixth chapter of Isaiah, he believes that we can find the way to knowing and loving God. That is the essential steps to salvation. So if you want to be sure about your salvation and you're not sure right now, you need this book. We will release the code word a little bit later. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime... Please keep this number handy or use this number to send in your comments or questions as you listen to our discussion today, 048-17624. I'm sure you have more things to add. Oh, I've got a few more. I'm going to have to run through these uh, quickly because it's, it's just, it's just uh, incredible. Um, so much of what is taking place and so I'm going to try and zip along uh, with these things. Um, we also We also need to... To realise that uh, we here in our country, where we've had a bit of history, um, yes. that's made the headlines uh, just this weekend. There was a, a by-election, a federal seat was up for grabs um, down there in Victoria, in in Melbourne, and it was a by-election. And for the first time in a hundred years, um, the Labor Party won that seat that was held by the Liberal Party. Hey, big swing. Big swing, a huge swing. Like, I mean, this kind of thing hasn't happened for a 100 years in our country. And so why I share that is because um, the the political commentators are pretty much unanimous that the, the Liberal Party in Australia, be it federally, be it state, is is at sea without, you know, without any direction. It's completely at sea doesn't know really which way it's heading, what it ought to be doing and so on and so forth. And um, it's in disarray. Mm. It's in disarray would probably be the simplest way of putting it. And why is this so? This is really interesting. Now, you're not going to hear what what I'm going to share with you right now. You wouldn't have heard that from our political commentators because they're not sharing from a biblical point of view. But from a biblical point of view, we know that our society is going to be moving further and further away from God. We just read that earlier, you know, because lawlessness will abound. And so God's law, which is the foundation of his government, marriage and family, which is the foundation of a healthy and prosperous society, Mm -hmm. that's going to be going out the window more and more. Mm -hmm. And so unfortunately, our friends um, in the Liberal Party, they have been caught up in this tsunami, 
okay, that's heading in the wrong direction from where they are as a party and what they have stood for. The Liberal Party have always stood for family values. They've always stood for, you know, that which is conservative, more conservative, you know, that which is based on, the, you know, the Judeo, you know, Christian values and so forth. But as society is moving away from that, they are following society. And so now they're no longer appealing to those who have those values. Those individuals have, have decided to leave and they've gone to the independence. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... The, the folk um, who, who are in the Liberal Party, who were their supporters, many of them have abandoned ship. Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to be more like Labor. And they've, they've, they've got this nickname now. Liberals today have got this nickname as Labor Light. Huh. Yeah, Labor Light. They're kind of like just one, one step below where the Labor Party is and mm-hmm. the Greens and so on and so forth. So, yep. so this all tells us that the pendulum is, is, is just taking everyone He's taking everyone and political parties, uh, are like the Liberal Party, they're trying to do it. How do we hang on to these voters that are moving further away because of our society, which is moving further? How do we hang on to them? And so they're embrace the changes that society so, is exact, embracing. Exactly, but Please they're them. but they're leaving their true blue supporters behind who actually stand for what the Liberal Party once stood for. Mm. And so this tells us that. Interesting. So this tells us that that we're living we're living at a time when you know society is really moving yeah. in in a very different direction to where we were even just like twenty years ago. Yeah, and you know you could even say like we could even bring it closer to home and say professing Christians mm. are also reflecting this verse: the love of many growing cold. Like Jesus describes the last day church in Revelation mm-hmm. chapter three, yeah. Laodicea as lukewarm. Yeah. So no longer hot, but growing cold and lukewarm. Yeah, not hot, not cold, mm-hmm. and that's and that's that's the most dangerous place to be. Mm. You know, that's the frog in the boiling pot. You mm. know, the the water's being turned up slowly, and um, you know, and we just think we're happily lukewarm, but that's we right. if we remain there, we're going to boil. So it's dangerous for us as Christians to see these things and be indifferent and think, oh, you know, life's going to keep going and not have a concern with the things of eternity, which is really what Jesus was concerned about. You know, he's, he talked about, you know, as it was in the days of Noah and Lot, all mm. of these things, they were marrying and eating and giving in marriage. There wasn't anything wrong with this stuff. But he's, his concern is that we never lose sight of that eternity, that he is coming soon and yeah. he wants us to be part of an eternity with him. Yeah, no, and just and just going on um, a little further with what you said, Jesus, interestingly, he said, you know, don't be concerned about what you're going to eat, mm-hmm. what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear, mm-hmm. you know, which mm-hmm. is the opposite to the people of Noah's day and the people of Lot's day. That's all they were concerned about, yeah. the people of, of today. But he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Yes. Let that be your priority. And so, yeah, really the only way for us um, to to remain, you know, I guess not immune. Uh, that's probably not the right word. But the only way that we can be protected from going down this route, uh, where the the world at large is going, is if we seek first God's kingdom mm. and His righteousness. And so, yeah, that that really is interesting. And I mean, you know, the the hot topics here in New South Wales, these came out from the Australian Christian Lobby. You know, I made note of them, three of them. Um, the big challenges that we need to keep in prayer, you know, scripture in schools, 
you know, the scripture yes. and religious education program, that's, that's on the chopping block. There are many who don't want that, um, even though that's optional for children to be part of, you know, provided the school is willing to take it on board. Um, you know, it, it's, not, it's not mandatory, it's optional. But that um, is, is very much on the chopping block. Then, then we've got a conversion therapy mm-hmm. uh, bill that will be put forward um, by, you know, by that independent, um, sorry, I think he's a liberal or independent, anyway, uh, that, that Greenwich, I think, I think the, the politician's name is here in New South Wales. And then we've got the Australian Law Reform Commission and Christian schools um, and whether they are still allowed to continue to employ um, staff based on their beliefs and their, and their ethics and their practices and their values and whether they can teach. Which has not been a problem for years. It's never it's, been a problem. Now it's offensive. And now it's offensive. So, so we've got all these things lining up one mm. after the other and, um, and this just tells us that, yeah, we're, we're drawing closer to the coming of Jesus and talking about that, you know, what happened in Tennessee. Um, was that last week, Shell? I think that was last week what happened in Tennessee. There was a, a, a transgender um, individual that went into a Christian school right, yes. and shot three teachers um, and three students. And it's interesting when you take a look at um, the news, the, the news <laughs> When you take a look at the news, and when you take a look at um, you know some of the media coverage, and a number of the of the news stations um, like CBS, CNN, and so forth in the United States of America, they they told their reporters do not under any circumstances mention that this individual was from the transgender community mm. uh, because it would not be a good look, and. It's you know the, the, there was there was those that stormed the or, or were hoping you know looking to storm the the Capitol building there in Tennessee from what I remember um, and you know it was like crickets uh, when it came to you know the the you know the um, you know what what's the word I'm looking for you know the the negative press that they would receive from a lot of the media and so. You know, it's interesting just to see how things are, are really shaping up. And, um, yeah, I, I don't really know where all this is going to – well, I do know where it's going to head. Um, That's why we have this program. Yeah, we do. All right, well, cl- closer to home, closer yeah. to home, Queensland, okay? Yeah. The state where my dear wife grew up in um, is set to have the strongest hate crime laws in the country. Did you really? know that? No, tell us more. Okay, they're both shaking their heads. The two ladies are both shaking their heads. So let me share with you. Um, uh, their premier, Anastasia Palaszczuk, uh, said there was no room for hateful ideologies after several recent anti-Semitic incidents in Brisbane. And um, so wow. they are looking to bring in, as, as the headline says, um, the strongest hate crime laws in the country. Wow. So, you know, public displays of hate symbols like Nazi flags will be banned you know, in Queensland under the proposed legislation introduced into Parliament by the state government today. So mm-hmm. this, this all happened, I think, what, yesterday or today? Anyway, oh, uh, the 29th of March, whenever that was. Um, it wasn't. About a week ago or so. <laughs> anyway, um, it's, it's really interesting that um, what these laws are proposing is to really go hard on anyone who is deemed to be sharing material that it's can be support. considered... Hate speech. Yeah, and how do you define that? Okay, all right. How do okay. we define hate speech? And you can't even display it. So you can't like have a, a book display 
yeah. or any display where you're displaying something that is hate speech. You can have it in your room, in your bedroom, and it's just for yourself, in the privacy of your own home. That's okay. No one's going to police that and no one cares about that, according uh-huh. to this. But if you start sharing, you're in trouble. So this made me think, Sharissa, yeah. the Bible has many scriptures in say. it that would be considered hate speech today. I was just going to okay. say that. Especially like, in the area of se- uh, sexuality, marriage and family and so on and so forth. Or even anything that calls you to repent. Exactly. Like that's cutting across what I like or what I what I might be enjoying. So something that the Bible calls an abomination um, would be considered hate speech if that was to be shared. Yeah. Um, what about what about books like The Great Controversy? Um, <laughs> you know, that, that talk about the end time players and um, and what's going to take place and what the issues are at the end of time very clearly. Mm-hmm. Those books are also going to be banned because they'll be considered hate speech. They'll be considered as 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 being you know as being you know it's hate speech and inciting violence potentially toward a group of individuals. Interesting. You can just see how the world is just turning up that control, that that ability to control on so many fronts. Not only last week, last week we, you were talking with, um, we were talking, but but uh, you and Robbie, Robbie, were going on about the um, the economy and the digital currency that you know enables complete control of finances, and and mm. now you know you can't even express thought, like free thought, your freedom of thinking and expressing your ideas publicly. You can't do that anymore without. Being being considered criminal. Yeah, I know. So it's just crazy. But, it is, but it's exactly what the Bible says would be happening. The Bible says this is where we're going to go, mm-hmm. and then the bottom's going to fall out. Yeah, and then we're going to head in the other direction. The good thing is, God is all about freedom. This world is he coming is. in. You know, this everything that we're seeing in these laws that are restricting our freedoms of speech and expression. God is a God of freedom, and eventually there, there will be no place for his people on this world because there will just be no freedom for them, and so he'll bring us to a better world where they'll be free. It's interesting, um, you know, Jesus talked about that. He says, you know, Matthew twenty four ten, and this is in the context of the end times, and then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one will another. Will be offended. Yes. What we'll a good choice of word. <laughs> Straight out of the lips of Jesus. And he says you and he it. says in Mark, in Mark chapter thirteen and Luke twenty one, the other two passages that deal with the second coming signs, Jesus says that the world will be against you. The mm. entire world. And we know from Revelation thirteen that, you know, eventually God's people will be will be targeted, those yeah. who are true and faithful to yeah. Jesus and his word. Um, they will be targeted by the entire world. So the left and the right and everyone in between are going to, get, are going to come together to target God's end time people. And that's why it says, that's why Jesus said, he who endures to the end shall be saved. Yeah. When you think about it, the gospel itself is offensive to the world today. It is. I mean, you know, it, it, when Peter preached it on the day of Pentecost, he said, repent, mm. be baptized, every one of you. Repent, that means turn away from what you've been doing. Turn away from sin. Turn away from sin. And That's sin dangerous and hurtful, sin. and you might be enjoying it, but it's going to destroy you in That's the long right. run. And uh, that that is something that, yeah, I guess today would not be popular but that which is foolishness in the eyes of the world is powerful and wise mm. in the eyes of God. Yes, indeed. And a final quick story in a few seconds. Uh, Finland has just joined NATO mm-hmm. and uh, the Russians, because they border with Finland, have said that they will be taking countermeasures. Mm-hmm. They're not happy campers. So all this tells us that, yeah, the situation in the world is telling us that the trumpet is about to sound. 
<laughs> Jesus is about to come. That's Amen. the trumpet we're talking about. Well, we'll be back with more good news. We're not going anywhere, so I shouldn't say we're going to be back. But we're going to listen to NYC PCD. How about that for a name? Jesus, Lord, my best love thou art. Sounds like a beautiful song. Enjoy it.
Well, you are listening to the Looking Up program and we will be sharing the code word for today's prize giveaway in just a few moments. But until that time, please keep the number handy. 048817624 is the number for the code word, which we'll release shortly. And also, if you have any comments or questions on today's program, the, the prize for today is a beautiful book, Salvation Made Simple, Caveman Theology, The Seven Steps to His Salvation by Doug Batchelor. You'll want to really get your hands on this. And I should say, Pastor Danny, we've heard from some listeners. Have we? We have. Leanne, is, she wants us to know that I listen every week. I love your show so much. Thank you both. Oh, praise That's the Lord. Thank nice you, Leanne. We appreciate you. And then uh, we've also heard from Maggie. She sent a couple of um, texts here. Uh, she's actually listening while she waits for the vet to arrive to chip and vaccinate her seven puppies. Wow. So she's she's keen to get the What code. sort of puppies are they, Marge? Uh, if you don't mind. Margie. Margie, sorry. Margie. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get it right. <laughs> One day. That's another sign of the times, Margie. <laughs> A sign that I'm getting old. Oh, yeah. Older. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it's good to hear from our listeners. Absolutely, yes. And we'd love to hear more from you. Questions, comments, prayer requests, anything, throw them our way. What was that number again? Zero four triple eight one seven six two four. Okay. So the book, have you mentioned the book? I did. Okay. We're, we're ready to we're keep ready going. To roll. <laughs> we're ready to roll. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you. We're living in strange and unusual times. All right. We are, we are continuing to take a look at the signs of the times. So that's what this show is all about as we encourage one another as we prepare for the coming of Jesus. And we've been taking a look at this theme of a world on the brink, um, this new four-part series that I have just put together, a draft of it that I'll be sharing on 3ABN radio. No, sorry, not 3ABN TV. In the month of April. So it's going to be a four-part series. We're doing some interviews. And then I'm going to sort of look to do that in a bit of a seminar as well uh, as I'll work on it. Just a a brief overview. So we took a look at the the first um, point, you know, the abandonment of truth. We looked at that already. And then we were kind of halfway through this next big monumental sign that tells us Jesus is coming soon, the downward spiral of morality. Mm. Okay, we've, we've been talking. The news is... The, the news is on that every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting as we take a look at that. Um, I, was, I was taking a look at what Wikipedia defines as societal collapse. Do you want to know what Wikipedia has to say on this? Yes. Societal collapse, also known as civilization collapse, is the fall of a complex human society characterized by the loss of cultural identity and socio-economic complexity, the downfall of government and the rise of violence. Does that sound like what we are experiencing today? Sounds like you just read the newspaper. <laughs> this is literally a definition. Okay. A definition of when a society is collapsing from Wikipedia. You know, people can check that out. She says, um, no, sorry, it goes on, it says, um, possible causes of societal collapse include natural catastrophe, war, pestilence or pandemics, famine, economic collapse, population decline, and mass migration. Seriously, they are all happening right now. Wow. Every single one of them. Yep. It goes on. A collapsed society may revert to a more primitive state, be absorbed into a stronger society, or 
completely disappear. Mm. Now, I'm not sure if I shared with you um, the last time, but I shared some statements, um, but I'm not sure if I shared this one regarding Rome. Did I share what four of the major causes of Rome's collapse were? But you should refresh our listeners. Yeah. These were, according to Edward Gibbon, mm-hmm. you know, the famous historian who yeah. wrote who wrote on the decline and fall of the Roman Empire, yeah. he, he mentions a number of uh, different uh, reasons for its collapse, but these are four of the big ones. They're really big ones. The breakdown of the family unit. Number two, an insatiable craving for pleasure. <laughs> number three, increased taxation. And number four, unsustainable build-up of the military and armaments. A repeat of history. Literally, we are there. We are there. So these four major reasons was part of Rome's collapse. And uh, a historian by the name of Will Durant, he famously wrote these words, A great civilization is not conquered from without until it has destroyed itself within. Mm. And that's how Rome primarily collapsed. Yes, the barbarians came through from the north, but that wasn't the primary reason. She was white-handed from within. Exactly. I couldn't have put it any better myself. Now, I talked last week that I'm going to tap into what Vladimir Putin had to say. (laughs) Did I share this last time? I don't think I shared this last time. No, you didn't. Okay, Vladimir Putin, on the first year anniversary of the the war, or as he calls it, a special operation, Mm -hmm. um, there in Ukraine, he had like a, almost a two-hour speech. And I just want to tap into what he said regarding one of the reasons why he's at war with the West. Check this out. He knows his history. And I'm quoting him directly. He spoke, like I said, for nearly two hours. That was back in February, 20, February 21 of this year. <coughs> Excuse me. He said, look what they are doing to their own people, talking about the West. It is all about the destruction of the family of cultural and national identity, perversion and abuse of children. And he goes on, and I won't, I won't share some of the other things that he says. He says, they are forcing the priests to bless same-sex marriages, bless their hearts, let them do as they please. Here is what I would like to say in this regard. Adult people can do as they please. We in Russia have always seen it. Um, that way and always will. No one is going to intrude into other people's private lives and we are not going to do that either. But here is what I would like to tell them. He's talking to the West now. Look at the Holy Scripture and the main books of other world religions. They say it all, including that the family is the union of a man and a woman. But these sacred texts are now being questioned, which is true, you know, especially in Christian circles. Interesting. He goes on, he says... um, and then it, you know, it, it talks about you know the Anglican Church and and where they're at, which which I won't um, share. And then he he simply he simply finishes off this this statement by saying, um, you know, these are the problems of the of the West. However, we must protect our children, which we will do. We will protect our children. Notice these words now, Sharissa. These are his words. We will protect our children from degradation and degeneration. Oh, well, I wish those high moral standards were carrying over into <laughs> protecting life in Ukraine right absolutely, now. That's, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, pretty yeah. sad. What so we're not. Yeah, we're not condoning. There. We're yeah. not condoning any of that. But, but what, that I'm, is a what I'm illustrating. Statement. What I'm illustrating is that 
for Vladimir Putin, not just Vladimir Putin, but um, you know others who other governments and so forth. Like they're in Europe, yeah. you've got governments that are seen as far right or politicians that are seen as extremist right, mm-hmm. but all they want to do is stand up for family values, yeah. family values which are which are precious. And um, so it's interesting because when we take a look at the downward spiral of morality, we can see that it goes through a number of stages. So I've outlined eight different stages of the downward spiral of morality. So you tell me if I'm if I'm if I'm in heading in the right direction. Firstly, immoral acts, whatever they may be, immoral acts, they're firstly condemned. Often they are illegal and even punishable mm-hmm. by a court of law. Secondly, they are discouraged. Thirdly, they are tolerated. Fourthly, they are accepted. We tolerate, we accept. Then, number five, we defend those same immoral acts that were once upon a time condemned and illegal. Mm. Then we protect that immorality. And then finally, we promote and number eight, we celebrate. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the downward spiral of morality. And that's how civilizations come to an end. Sounds a bit like uh, difficult times make strong men and then strong men make good times, good times make weak men. <laughs> it's a bit of a spiral. Well, the days of not the days of lower. Noah. Noah. What did I say? Lower. That was a <laughs> <laughs> the days of lower and the days of mm. not. <laughs> you heard it for the first time on the Looking Up show, folk. <laughs> That was a good one. <laughs> uh, well, there you go. Um, sign of the times. So it's interesting. What were they focused on? The According present. to Jesus, the present. Themselves. Building, buying, selling. Pleasing themselves. Pleasing themselves, you know, eating, drinking, marrying, and so on and so forth. That's what they were focused on. And so mm. when that becomes our focus, then, you know, the physical world is the focus. The spiritual world is no longer the focus. And we start moving further and further away from that which Jesus said, to seek first his kingdom. Mm-hmm. So that, that's really, really interesting. Now, what, what, what is also um, very interesting, Sharissa, is that today we have slogans like, if it feels good, do it, Nike. You know, here for a good time, finish it off for me. I actually don't know that. Oh, oh you don't know that. <laughs> here for a good time, but not a long time. Ah, okay. You know, um, Which is that one for? I don't know. Um, okay. I, I heard it somewhere. <laughs> I think it was at some university. Okay. You know, that was kind of like the... the <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know that one. <laughs> the byline of the um, student um, activities, okay. you know, the social. Here student for a good time team. but not a long time. Here for a good time but not a long time. Mm. It sounds like Judges twenty one twenty five. This is the last verse. Yeah. Do you want to read it? I was it? thinking of that just before. Do you want to read it for us if you can find it? <coughs> I've got the Malenkov coming back, have you noticed? Yeah. Oh, what's up with this Malenkov? <laughs> Hope it doesn't oh, progress. Hopefully not. Um, judges 21. 20. So this is how yeah. the book of Judges ends, the last yeah. verse of the book. It says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. All right. So what's going on in the book of Judges? What's going on today? It was like... Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've got God's people going from one disaster to another, to another, to another, crying out to God when they're down the dumps, when the enemies are beating them up. They cry out to God. God delivers them. He sends a deliverer, Samson, Hulda, um, Deborah, you know, 
Gideon mm-hmm. and many others, they get back on the right path. Times are good. The sun is shining. Where do they go back? Back down the road. Back down path. the hill. Back down the hill and they cry out again and the cycle happens all over again. Yep. So this is really where we are heading. When we hit the bottom of this cycle that we are in, the people of this world, in particular the Western world, are going to cry out for something different. It's going to be like Jonah all over again. You're saying there's going to be a pendulum swing? The pendulum will swing. Mm-hmm. It will swing. It will swing. We're going to get to that today a little, I believe, but definitely we're going to focus a lot more on that next time because I can see where, where our time is. But what is really fascinating is I discovered something absolutely mind-boggling in the book of Romans, Romans chapter oh, yeah? 1. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. All right, Romans chapter 1. We don't have a lot of time, I can see, um, before we go into our break. But Romans chapter 1, just to set it up here, is a really, really fascinating um, passage here where the Apostle Paul describes the wrath of God that is poured out on that which is sinful and and sin in general. And um, we won't take the time to read all of 18 to verse 32, but I discovered that this is in three sections. The first section, verses 18 to 25, how are we going for time? Okay, reject. Do we have a couple more minutes or another minute, Shell? If Shell gives me another minute or so. She's oh, given you grace. She's given me grace. Praise <laughs> the Lord for you. So I'm going to share this. This is, this is quite incredible. So this is straight out of Scripture. I never saw this until I was reading Romans 1 and thinking about the downward spiral of morality. Check this out. This will blow your socks off. Are you ready for this? Yep. All right, so Romans chapter 1 from verses 18 all the way through to 32 goes through three major stages of the downward spiral of morality. And each stage has the words gave them over, gave them over, gave them over. And that is language for, you know, God God couldn't do anything anymore for them. It was the end of the road. The first stage is rejecting God as creator and worshipping nature. That's 18 to 25. The second stage is rejecting marriage and family, the very bedrock for a peaceful and prosperous society. That's verses 26 and 27. The stage three, the final stage, is the total rejection of God's principles of morality that leads to destruction. And guess what I discovered? The first one, rejecting God as creator and and worshipping nature, is the first four commandments. Stage two, rejecting marriage and family, taps into commandment number five, marriage mm-hmm, and family. Mm-hmm. And stage three, total rejection of God and his principles for morality is commandments number six to ten. Wow. This is going through the That's ten brilliant. commandments. I know. I couldn't believe it. God That's showed amazing. me this. This just blew me out so of the this water. this is a departure from God's law. Yeah. God's ten commandments. God's from way. From the top to the bottom. God's top ten. Yep. From Amazing. Unbelievable. I just could not believe it. I'm so glad you shared that. Listen, we need to listen to this song. I live for you. Enjoy True Vibe as they bring it to us. Child 
like a father, you embrace me and you show the way back home. And now that I know the truth that you proclaim, I will keep trusting you to fill me up till only you remain. And I will not rest until my every word brings glory to your name. All that I am, all that I do, I live for you. brought to us by True Vibe. And I think that wonderful time has come. You're listening to the Looking Up program. We're live today, by the way. This is Wednesday, the 5th of April. Time is flying. The it year is, is going fast. It is flying um, But today's giveaway, prize giveaway, as long as stocks last. So that means pretty much a lot of people can be winners today. Uh, Caveman Theology, Salvation Made Simple, little book by Doug Batchelor, which reveals the seven essential steps to salvation straight out of God's Word in the Bible. You will want to have your hands on this book because it can change your life when you see the Lord and His goodness in the plan of salvation as is presented in this book, but it's simply just expanding on the wonderful gospel story we find in Scripture. So here's the number, oh, sorry, here's the code word uh, for today. And it can be in lowercase, uppercase, so long as there are no spaces. Here it is. L-U-HOPE-109. That's the code word. So if you text L-U-HOPE, that's the letter L, the letter U, for the uh, words looking up, L-U-HOPE-109 to 0488-17624. We'll see how many of you can claim today's prize. It's a good one. Mm. L-U-HOPE-109. Zero four triple eight one seven sixty four. I probably should say that one more time because I said them all together. The code word is L U Hope one o nine, 
And the number to text it to is 04888 And we've already got a winner coming through. So oh, wow. it looks like uh, that's translated across the airwaves. That's Praise great. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That is fantastic. Well, Sharissa, um, before we went to the break, I was sharing with you, you know, this, this huge insight that the Lord gave me regarding Romans chapter 1. And, um, that was yeah, amazing. And it's yeah, well and, worth hearing. Oh, absolutely. And um, maybe we just need to just um, unpack that, unpack that just a little bit because I really sure. did zip over it, and I really do want to just point out a couple of important things because this, there is good news at the end of this in in where what I'm going to share at the end. Yeah. But if you want to have a look at Romans chapter one and um, in verse eighteen, yes, Romans chapter one verse eighteen. If you want to read, um, yeah, verse 18 and 19 and how God begins this passage of the downward spiral of morality. All right. The Bible says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. Okay. So right at the very beginning here, what do we have? The Apostle Paul says, God's wrath is 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 displayed not because people did not have the truth, mm-hmm. but because they did what? They suppressed, they suppressed the truth. Yeah. So they were able to know God's will because God has placed that within the conscience of each and every person. Yeah. God has placed his law of love in the conscience, in the heart of each and every person. That's what the Bible says. But they choose not to. And then it goes on, and we won't take the time to read, you know, the other verses um, up to verse twenty-five. But there, very clearly, it talks about God as Creator. Mm-hmm. His attributes are clearly visible. Yes. But they willfully disregard the evidence. Willfully disregard the evidence. Then we go to verse. Um, so the first time that that phrase, uh, you know, God had to give them up, it's in verse twenty-four. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts, to dishonor their bodies among themselves. And then if you want to read verse 25. Who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Okay, so that's the first section. So this is the first four commandments. Okay, when we turn our backs on the first four commandments of God, then we're all at sea. Okay. Then what follows? What follows is verse 26. If you want to read verse 26, please. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Okay, and it talks about the men as well. And we won't get into that. We'll let people come to their own conclusions. But this is a direct attack against biblical marriage and family. Okay, one man and one woman that God, uh, that God created and that he affirmed and that he blessed. Let's not forget God blessed marriage and the family. That's mm-hmm. one of the three blessings that we have there in Eden. Mm-hmm. And so God gave them up. That word there in the original is the word paradidomai. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a significant word because I'm going to share with you how serious this is um, and what God did in order to save us from this. Okay, so that's verses 26 and um, and verse 27. Then we get to verse 28. Okay, so that's marriage in the family. That's commandment number five. So we've got commandments number six to ten now. If you want to read verse 28. 
And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. Okay, so the third third time, God gave them over. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then, well, I mean, I don't. Should we even? Should we even? Well, you might as well. You might as well read. These are the consequences. Read all the way from verse twenty nine to thirty one. This is the last five commandments. Um, out the window. All right. These are the consequences. All right. Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, <sighs> undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. And I'll read wow. 32. Mm-hmm. Read Who, 32. knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death not only do the same do the same but also approve of those who practice them wow was that was that just a a, a complete it spoke to us <laughs> checklist of where we are today absolutely from from top to, to bottom yep. and it's interesting verse 32 it finishes off with not only do those who do the same not only those who practice mm-hmm. such things are deserving of death, but also those who approve of them who practice such things. Mm-hmm. That's what we have in our society right now. We've got the approval. What did I share? The downward spiral of morality. I mean, I had no idea this was in the scriptures. I mean, I knew these texts, but yeah. I did not see this downward spiral of morality in Romans 1 up until only a few weeks ago when I was reading through Romans, and I'm like, whoa. And I'm like... This is this is where we are. These immoral acts that are, you know, condemned, discouraged, tolerated, accepted, defended, promoted, protected, celebrated. Mm-hmm. You know, in nineteen seventy eight, to give one example, um, when the first protest from the gay and lesbian community took place there in Sydney um, on a cold winter's day, nineteen seventy eight, on a Saturday night, um, there were arrests. Uh, you know, many of the protesters were taken. You know, into into the jail cells, and many of them were beaten up mm. uh, by the police. And I do not condone that under any circumstances. That you know, that should never happen. Okay. Um, and I don't believe in that. However, if you would have said to someone just over fifty years later, or what am I talking about? Fifty years, less than fifty years. So that was nineteen seventy-eight. In less than half a century, the Australian Prime Minister would be marching in, at a gathering where they would be celebrating. Mm-hmm. This which the police were condemning and the law condemned and so on and so forth. So we can see how we have moved so far away in the space of just a few decades. Amazing. And so this is this is really fascinating. But what I want to share with you now, Sharissa, is Romans eight thirty two. Remember that those words gave them over? Or the word paradidomai? Yeah. Check out Romans eight thirty two. Romans 8.32. 8, uh, Romans 8.32. Okay, this is a very a very well-known passage. Um, if you want to read that. This sure. is speaking of Jesus. All right. The Bible says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? This is God who delivered up Jesus for us all. The same phrase gave them over The same phrase here is used in in the original, delivered him up. Jesus was literally given up by God for our sins. 
So Jesus took on board our punishment. He took on board our sins. He took on board all that from Romans 1. All that we were deserving of. All that we were deserving of death because those who commit those acts and continue in that way knowing that that is the wrong way to go, they are deserving of death. Jesus took on board our punishment. He was given over. And so this tells me that the good news of the gospel is that although, and all have sinned, let's not let's not look down upon some, um, we have all sinned. The Bible mm-hmm. is very clear. Mm-hmm. We have all fallen short of God's glory. This, um, this description here in Romans 1, 18 to 32 involves all of us. We're all there. And the Apostle Paul goes on and talks about the Jews and the Gentiles in the next couple of chapters yeah. are all implicated. We are all implicated. And the good news is that, Jesus came and he had died on the cross. He took on board my punishment. He was given over by the Father in order that I might be saved from these very sins. If I do what you said earlier, repent Mm. and turn to Christ. It's just an amazing reality, isn't it? Mm. Like the more you think about it, that's how much value God places on each human life. Amen. On a soul. He would give his son to die for them. He would. He would literally give him over. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Jesus was willing to die for us because he couldn't bear the thought of an eternity without us. Yes, absolutely. And that's the gospel. So when you read this, the the original readers, when they would have read Paul's letter, you know, the Roman Christians there in Rome, when they would have read this, they would have been like, oh, woe is us, woe is us, this is us. You know, Mm -hmm. we we have been involved in this. That means we're given over, and then they'd get to Romans eight thirty two. Obviously, it was just one letter; there were no chapters and verses. But they get to that, like, wow, God gave over Jesus. He paid the price that we ought to pay for these sins, these very sins. He paid the price so that we could be forgiven. Mm. And imagine the the happiness and the joy they would have experienced in that moment. Absolutely wonderful. Now, what's also interesting, I want to I want to take a look at the the fifth commandment. This is this is interesting, sure. So I'm not sure if I've shared this on our show before, but I need to share it. Exodus chapter twenty and verse twelve. Yeah. You want to read Exodus chapter twenty and verse twelve. This is the fifth commandment. If you want to read it, please. The Bible says in God's law, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Okay. Now, this is a very unique commandment. You know why this is unique? Because it doesn't begin with thou shalt. Yes, it doesn't begin with thou shalt. Well, I guess you know the Sabbath and begins with remember. And is a commandment with a promise? Yes, that that's one unique feature. There's actually another unique feature. Yes, yeah, so there's two unique features. It's the only commandment with a promise. Yep. It begins with the word honor. Yes, it begins with the word honor, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Have a look at the other five commandments. Do they have the Lord God in them? You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, and so forth. Do they have the Lord God in those commandments? The Lord your God has it in the fourth commandment. In the fourth commandment, and in the other three previous to that, the Lord thy God. Okay, here's where I'm going. Sharice is wondering, where is this organic brain going? (laughs) This is is another insight that the Lord gave me. So commandment number five, that's considered to be the foundation for the second tablet. Okay, that's the foundation, marriage and the family. Okay, this commandment, I believe, is the hinge between the first four 
and the last six. It's the hinge. Ah, Why do I say that? Because they teach, the family teaches about God. Yes, exactly. How to treat. How to to live in society. The relationship we ought to have towards God and the relationship we ought to have towards our fellow man. Wow, that's a really good point. Because you've got Lord God in this commandment Mm -hmm. and not in the other five that follow. And the Lord God is in the first four. And you also have, you know, the promise that God will bless your society. God will bless your community Mm -hmm. if you place marriage and the family Mm -hmm. first and foremost. If it's connected with God, it will also be connected with society. So when we turn our backs on God, Charissa, then what happens is we turn our backs on one another. Absolutely. And so this is the hinge. So when marriage and the family is strong, and this has been this has been um, the evidence from history, when marriage and family is strong, okay, and immorality, um, you know, at worst is 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 discouraged, certainly not promoted. Yeah. But when marriage and the family is strong in a society and that's upheld, you have faith in God more so. And you also have more love towards one another. And you have happiness and unity in that society. And I have a really interesting insight to add to that because uh, Justin found this book um, secondhand. I might have to share it a little bit more time. No, we don't have time. After this, I have an insight to share okay, on how, you cre- how you raise moral kids. Uh, we're going to listen to Gilbert Imbiri bringing the song Starts a Fire. Then we will continue these thoughts. Oh, 
Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. program and wow our time is just flying we've had such a good bible study here if you've just tuned in you really want to look this program up and and listen to it again on the faithfm.com.au website later it'll be uploaded as a podcast but uh, a reminder we've had many people uh, texting in how exciting there's more than one person listening praise the lord (laughs) Uh, many people texting in the code word for today which a reminder uh, is LU Hope 109, uh, and it's for the book Caveman Theology Salvation Made Simple by Doug Batchelor. So, mm, I think we've got a lot of, lot of Doug Batchelor fans out oh, there. Oh, we do. I'm and, a Doug Batchelor and fan. And if you don't know him, you really want to have a look at this book because he, he writes in a really engaging way. And uh, this is, is available while stocks last, mm. and the stocks are all going today on Wednesday, the 5th of April. So, mm. LU Hope 109, text that to 048 and that book is yours. Mm-hmm. Well, Pastor Danny, continue these well, amazing you, thoughts. Oh, you, I had you, a thought. You were going to share an amazing insight. I was. Straight so, from. Because we're new parents. We've been looking for all the resources we can on parenting and, mm-hmm. and children and how to raise them. Mm-hmm. And uh, Justin found these books. It's called Let's Ask Auntie Anne. It was in a secondhand section of a bookstore, Christian bookstore. And he's been reading them and he read this one to me. And the title of it was How to Raise a Moral Child. And I thought, well, let's let's read this because we're living in a very immoral age, mm-hmm. you know, as we've been discussing. And basically the crux of it is the punchline was – in order to raise moral children, we need to teach our children to have manners. Mm. When children are taught how to respect others, how to treat other people, how to engage with other people in a mannerly way, then they will be moral young people in mm. society. Amen. I thought, oh, that's good logic. I thought I'd just share that here on radio. Absolutely. And I would totally concur with that because I have bumped into some, some, some children that have got just you know, and I've seen them grow and develop. You know, over the years, I've been able to watch and track them, and you know, they they struck me as having great manners. Mm-hmm. You know, to begin with, as four year olds, five year olds, six, seven, eight, and then you look at them later on as eighteen, nineteen, twenty year olds, and uh, many of them, not all of them, but many of them, have chosen to 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 stay true to those foundations that were built within their DNA, their spiritual and their moral DNA as children by their parents. And so, yeah, really, I mean, the the fifth commandment, you know, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you really is a a word of encouragement and an appeal to parents to to take marriage and the family seriously and to train up their children in the ways of the Lord. Because really, Sharissa, um, and I don't need to convince you and Justin of this, but for you, no doubt, um, your greatest treasure that God has entrusted you with right now is little Judah. That's right. 
That is your number one most trusted blessing and treasure, and I'm, and you take it seriously that you want to train up Judah. You want Judah to join it's you. Our responsibility is is your responsibility. And you want to train him up. You want to prepare him for the heavenly courts above. Mm-hmm. And so um, that is just so important. And do you know what? This is so critical. God's law, which gives us the principles for how to live life. That's God's, I call it God's GPS. You know, like God's it. Ten Commandments, <laughs> God's GPS. Yeah. It really helps us know and understand how do we navigate through this sin-sick world. And Revelation 14, verses 6 and 7, they're in the first angel's message, you know, the everlasting gospel. Verse 7 begins with what? Fear God yeah. and give glory to him. Fear God. So often that that phrase, fear God, is connected with God's holy law. Mm-hmm. And if you want to just take a look at one scripture, if you want to read Ecclesiastes, how Solomon sums up his, his final words um, in, you could say, his will and testament. This is his final will and testament, the book of Ecclesiastes. At the end of his life, he's reflecting on his life, and he, and he, and he, and he talks about the things that are valuable and the things that are not so valuable. And how does he summarize what is most important? This is the man who God granted more wisdom than any other in response to his request, in, in response to God's, you know, God's question, what shall I give you? Yep. Do you want to read verse 13 and 14 of Ecclesiastes 12? Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. So is there good and evil? Mm-hmm. Yes, there is. How do we know whether it's good or evil? Through God's law. That's right. Through That's God's the law. standard of morality. That's the standard. Without God's law, we have no idea what's up we've or got, down. <laughs> we've got no GPS. That's right. So because God's holy law has been thrown out the window in our Western society in particular, we don't have a GPS, and so we are all at sea. We're like the time of judges, everyone doing what is right in their own eyes. And we are suffering the consequences. We are. And the ultimate consequence is self-destruction. We read that last week. Mm-hmm. You know, from the historians, they are telling us that you know sexual immorality, um, when it plays out to its 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 ultimate fulfillment, brings about self destruction. We right. self destroy, and it's interesting that um, you know, back to back to the commandment, you know, the the fifth commandment: honor your mother and your father, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. You know, a long, happy, prosperous life, you know, a society that is flourishing Mm -hmm. is founded and grounded on God's holy law, in particular marriage and the family. Amazing. We can just see it. It's so So practical. It it is so practical. And it's interesting. um, If we go to the last book of the Old Testament, how are we going for time? We're not going to get to our pendulum today, my friend. Um, unfortunately, we're just, just not going to. just keep swinging until next week. <laughs> but we will definitely get to it <laughs> next time. So, folks, those of you who are like, ah, oh, and the pendulum study is going to go on for a couple of weeks because there's so much to cover there. Um, <laughs> nothing is quick. <laughs> Malachi chapter 4, this is how the Old Testament concludes, my friend. Um, notice... Verses 4 to 6, you've got to read this. This is mind-boggling. This is how God concludes the Old Testament. We just noticed how God, how Solomon concluded, mm-hmm. you know, the book of Ecclesiastes. Now notice 
how God concludes the Old Testament. Malachi chapter 4, verses 4 to 6. Remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded him in Horeb for all Israel with the statutes and judgments. Okay, so what are we to remember? The Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. Okay, press on. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest they come and strike the earth with a curse. Okay, so who's going to be sent by God before the coming of Christ? Elijah the prophet. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is not the literal Elijah. This is the message of Elijah, which we're going to get to in just a moment. So before Jesus comes... Okay, it's very clear language before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. That's second coming language. Before Jesus comes, there needs to be a what? A turning of the hearts of who? Fathers to the children and children to the fathers. What is that telling us? Family. Family! Mm -hmm. Before Jesus comes, the most important message is going to be the family. Mm. Turning to God turning to one another, turning to one another in the community. This is incredible, isn't it? It is. You, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. I looked at that word curse. Oh, here we go. Do you know what that word curse literally um, symbolizes or more than symbolizes? The word curse here, not according to me, but according to this really good uh, scholar, Bible scholar, he suggests the curse, that word there, curse, and what it entails is a society or a person that has self-destroyed, mm. self-destruction. That's what that word is, that curse. So it's not that God curses us, but it's we experience the wrath of God. Romans 1, yes, the wrath of God. God has to give them up. This is the giving up. God doesn't want to give up. His people, he loves us. But if we will continually, willfully walk away from God and his holy law, in particular marriage in the family, that's why I'm harping on about this over and over again, because this is at the very heart, at the very core of God's final message of love to the world, to reunite the family, mm-hmm. that our days may be what? Long, Long upon the land that the Lord is giving us. Are we moving oh, to the land above? Land. Are we moving to the land above if we're not going to get it right here? No. So then go to Luke chapter 1. All right, this is just incredible. Luke chapter 1, the angel Gabriel, none, no less, turns up to Zechariah. Okay, him and his wife are barren. They've been praying about a son, and now they are going to get the, the, the son that everyone is dreaming about, not the Messiah, but the one that is going to prepare for the Messiah's coming. Who was Elijah? Who was Elijah? In the form of John the Baptist. In the form of John the Baptist. He comes in the spirit and power of Elijah. Now check out from verse 15. Luke chapter 1, verses 15 to 17. This is just mind-boggling stuff when you pull all the pieces together. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Have mercy. Wow. (laughs) So John the Baptist came to prepare 
people. The people are people who would be ready for the, for the Lord's coming. coming. And what was that message? His, his, the, the angel Gabriel is quoting Turn from the where? Hearts of the fathers, where is he quoting Malachi, from? Chapter 4. The last verse of the Old Testament. And in Malachi, we have this prophecy specifically pointing to the great and dreadful day of the Lord. So the same message that prepared the world for the first coming of Jesus is the same message that will prepare the world for the second coming of Jesus, mm. which is founded and grounded on family, on God's holy law. Amen. And talks about Elijah here. We don't have time because we're running out of time. <laughs> but if you go to the story of Elijah, you discover when King Ahab meets Elijah and he says, Are you the one that's troubling of Israel? Israel? And do you know what Elijah says to him? Do you remember what he responds with? No, not right no, now. go ahead. I am not the one who's troubling Israel, but you, but you and your family, because you have forsaken the yes. commandments of your God. Mm. Wow. It's all there. It's all there. And God's end time people will be persecuted by the dragon who is Satan, according to Revelation 12, 17 and 14, 12, because they keep the commandments of God. They've chosen the they've chosen the government, they've chosen the constitution of God. They want to live in harmony with that. In Revelation 22, verse 14, oh, you've got to go there. You've got to go there. Revelation 22, 14. We've got to end there, and we've got Isn't about a minute 20, verse? and we're ending in the last chapter of the book of Revelation, ties it all together. Why does Satan hate those who keep the commandments of God and he attacks them at the end of time, those who love Jesus, who said, if you love me, keep my commandments. 22.14, what does it say there, sister? Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. Wow. So they are the ones who want to partake of the government of God, those who keep the commandments. They who- will call heaven home. Exactly. And who is outside? Verse 15. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. Those who do not want to live in harmony with God's holy law. These are the commandment breakers. Mm -hmm. So inside the city of God are those who love Jesus, want to keep his command, want to live in harmony with the constitution of his government. They love his principles. Those who don't want to love those who do not love his principles, those who do not want to live in harmony with his, with his law of love, sadly, there's no other option. But God has to leave them outside the city. That's it. Wow. wow. Well, I think the most appropriate song is coming up for this uh, point in our program. Nathan Young is bringing to us a beautiful song. It's called Written Down oh, in shall. Stone. Done it again. <laughs> is just and the law is right and it's written by God in stone the law is love and the law is life and it's written by God in stone I will follow his commandments I'll abide in For his law is my delight It's written down in stone Oh, it's written 
been with us on an amazing Bible study this afternoon in the Looking Up program. What a wonderful blessing I've received today. Huge. I've been so blessed as well. Thank you. I've been so blessed. Well, thank you for leading us through that. That's really exciting. I'm excited where we go from here too. So as we uh, finish up today's program, what are some of the final takeaways that you'd like our listeners to have? Well, I'd like to just encourage our listeners um, that we all need to go back to the beginning back to those basics that God gave us. And I think of this scripture here in Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 40 where Moses at the end of his journey shares with the children of Israel what God's plan is for them as a community. And he says, You shall therefore keep his statutes, that is keep God's statutes and his commandments, which I command you today, that it may go well with you and with your children after you, Mm -hmm. and that you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Notice these last words, for all time. So God wants us to enjoy the blessings. And I'm uh, I'm going to rephrase that that God wants to give you forever, Mm. forever and ever. And heaven is going to be a place where God's family will come together under under the direction of God's law of love and we will live happily and in harmony and in peace and in joy with one another, with our Creator and with all of the heavenly creatures that God has created forever and ever and ever as one big happy family. And that's my prayer for each and every one of the listeners um, that we have today, that you will want to be part of God's family. 
Mm-hmm. And today is the choice that we need to make to be part of the heavenly family right now and by God's grace to live in harmony with the principles he has given us in his word of how we live with our family here, our biological family as well as our community family and as we prepare for our heavenly home Mm. where it will be one big happy family under the umbrella of God and his love. I love how you wrap that up. And maybe our listeners, maybe you're listening and you're thinking, well, my family's just a mess or I I come from a very unhappy family. There is great hope Mm, in being a part of God's family. And maybe you're listening and you think, I I need God's help in my family. Mm. Well, we want to pray for you. Amen. And uh, pray that God would would bless you as you pray for your family and also as you seek to to help them to to know more of God's love for them. Pastor Danny, would you like to close us sure. in prayer? Sure, love to. Father in heaven, we just want to thank you for your word. Wow, where would we be without your word? Your word indeed is the GPS that helps us to navigate um, through the darkness and the fog of this world, that helps us to know um, where the pitfalls are and uh, where where the road that leads to eternal life is. Father, we thank you for the principles of your word. If ever we needed those rock-solid principles of love. We need them today. Mm-hmm. Father, you know the circumstances that we live in. As Sharissa has just pointed out, there are many, I'm sure, that are listening that may be part of a broken family or they may consider themselves part of a dysfunctional family. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank mm-hmm. you for your mercy. We thank you for your healing, restoring power and that you are able to do above and beyond what we can think or imagine. So bless us, Father. Draw our families and draw us closer to you, to one another until that day when we all be with you in that happy home in jesus name we pray amen amen and amen well thank you so much for joining us and please join us again the same time same place this time next actually we will be here there'll be something on but join us again here on faith fm next week we're not quite sure what we'll be doing but there'll be something on next week we do have a big camp that's coming up so we we may not be live live but there'll be definitely something looking up at this time next week you'll hear our voices you will so may god bless you and remember as you go from here into the if you stay on this channel to the live time live drive time show that's coming up fear looks around regret looks back but faith always looks up so keep looking up and may god bless you all we look forward to your company again enjoy keep looking up don't give up don't give up when there's pain deep in your heart keep looking up don't give up don't give up should the tears begin to start With a prayer, all your cares he will cast into the depths of the sea. His love is always there for me.